Welcome to episode 71 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. Cultural relevance has become a challenge for Christians. So much in our world is moving and changing like we never imagined. In a world that keeps altering truth, how can we help our teens to focus on the truth of God? Sarah Barrett is the author of Stand Up, Stand Strong, and has advice for parents on how to help teens ground themselves in a landscape of shifting sand. Well, first and foremost, we need to start with that foundation of the word of God, because that's always our starting place. That's always where we need to begin because, you know, culture does change. It does shift, but God's word never does. You know, God's word is, it goes beyond our cultural moment and shares truth that is, is always relevant, always applicable because the word of God is, is never changing and it always has relevant relevant application for our daily lives. How can we make sure that our teens are grounded in their word without just being parents and pastors and teachers who feel like we're constantly nagging them to read your Bible, (laughs) read your Bible, read your Bible? Yes. And that, that is a struggle for so many parents because, you know, the word of God is so important, but how do you get your teens to understand that too? But really, uh, I just feel that making scripture, making that just such a daily part of your life, such an integral part of who you are each and every day. Uh, that's so important. Not just, you know, telling your teens to read the Bible, but modeling that and then doing that together as a family, just making it such a part of, of who you are are, uh, just when the Bible is the very backbone of your life, your teens will notice that it will stand out to them. And that will truly make such a difference in how they view the Bible. And, you know, not just making it like, uh, a verse here or there, you know, a verse that you see on Instagram, a verse in a devotional, but actually seeking a biblical literacy, uh, every single day, biblical literacy, uh, that goes beyond just you know, a verse here or there, but digs deep into the very foundations of the word and shows that that is the foundation of your very life as well. I'm always surprised by the Christians who seem surprised by the world. I mean, there is nothing (laughs) going on in the world today (laughs) that is a surprise to God or that hasn't been covered in the Bible. Like we kind of should have seen all of this coming. Yes, there is nothing new under the sun. And really the Bible tells us in a, in advance that these things will happen in the last days as the world gets closer and closer to the return of Christ. Uh, these things will happen. The w- people will fall away. Uh, people will not obey the word of God. They will be lovers of themselves. Like this is all told us beforehand in the Bible. So why should we be surprised? It's just going right according to the plan that the word of God has already outlined for us in advance, but it, it is difficult. And I understand why people struggle with it because you don't want to see these things happening in the world. You want, uh, you want life to be the way we always say it was back in the good old days. Like if those ever actually existed, like the world has always had trials and struggles, but we want a, a simple and peaceful life. So I understand why people struggle with it, but really, like you just said, we shouldn't be surprised because it's already been told us. 
your recent book, Stand Up, Stand Strong, is really designed for young adults, for teenagers. Parents probably also ought to be reading this book. (laughs) But what (laughs) advice do you give kids, I say kids, but just teens, on how to live life like Jesus to a world that really is hurting? Because, you know, screaming at people about their sin probably isn't the best way to lead them to the Lord, right? Right. We always have to begin with Uh, hearts of compassion and the knowledge that we are broken, fallen sinners as well, that it's only the mercy of Jesus that has changed us. So we can start at that beginning place of knowing that, Hey, we're all in the place of brokenness where we all need a savior, but thank Jesus that he is a savior big enough for all of our hurt and all of our brokenness. Uh, so it's just beginning with that knowledge that we are all broken and in need of Christ that can really inspire us to have compassion, to have just a deeper love for, for people, uh, knowing that if it wasn't for Christ, we would be in the exact same place. Um, but then just also having a a deep commitment to the truth of scripture that our love for people doesn't, it, it, it informs our attitude towards them, but it doesn't change our theology. We remain faithfully rooted to the word of God and to what is true. Um, but then our love changes how we, we approach that. It it gives us deeper humility in how we share these things. It gives us just a deeper sense of our own need of Christ. And that really can change how we approach people, uh, when we just understand our own desperate need first. I feel like the world really wants to trap Christians, you know, it's like, oh, we want to catch them, you know, saying something that's not loving or not kind in the same way that the Pharisees really tried to trap Jesus. You know, I mean, again, nothing is new under the sun. But how do we respond when someone says, well, you're a Christian, so you must think that homosexuality is a sin when really it's it's our job to bring people to Jesus and let him convict them of what's right or wrong in their lives. Our first goal is to bring people to Jesus with the knowledge that uh, he is able to convict them of sin. But really, if someone were to confront you with a question like that, where it is, it is a sin as outlined in the word of God, that isn't something that we should shy away from, you know, or say that we don't know uh, because the word of God is clear and it's, it's implicit. So you know, it's our job to be faithful, to present that, you know, Jesus said to go into all the world, make disciples, but also said to teaching them all the things that I have commanded you. And that covers a lot, all the things that Christ has commanded us. So we go with an attitude of love. We go with the desire to make disciples, but then we can also go with knowledge that we've been commissioned to not only preach the gospel, but preach all the things that Jesus has commanded. So we start with the gospel, but then we extend from the gospel. People will not, they will, they won't like the message all the time. And that's all right, because it's Christ's message himself at the time that he was preaching, it was unpopular. People didn't accept it. So we won't always be accepted. We won't always be culturally uh, approved of, but, uh, that is the message that Christ told us to expect that if, if they treat me this way, they're going to treat you that way too. So our goal really is to make sure that our attitude is one of love, one of compassion, one of humility, and then just one of faithfully sharing the truth, uh, regardless of whether or not people really like that message or not. 
it seems like there's less and less common ground. You know, you might have been able to start uh-huh. a conversation with somebody about God by finding just a little something that you both believed. And you could say, well, if we both believe this, then, you know, we both might believe this. Or maybe you can see where I'm coming from over here. But there's less and less of that. I mean, even down to identity, we can't even you know, say to somebody, we're the same gender. Everything has been broken down, I feel like, in our society. Is there is there common ground that Christians can find with non-believers? Things that we can at least have a starting point on. Our common humanity is is a, always a starting point because we all have struggles. We all Uh, We all need hope. You know, I think everyone agrees that this world is broken and we all agree that we need, uh, we need something to rescue us. We need something to give us hope. So that is always our starting point, uh, even in conversations with unbelievers, because we all have this emptiness inside of us that we need the hope and love of Jesus to fill. So even if uh, an, an unbeliever doesn't necessarily look to Christ to fill that, they can always relate to the, the need there, the desperation and that desire for something to fill it. So that can always be our common ground that we are just needy people. And then we can direct as Christians, we can direct the conversation then to the source, the source of true life, the source of, of the satisfaction that we're all craving, the hope that we need, we can direct it to what we know as the the true source that can only ever satisfy us. But that is our always our common ground, just our our basic humanity, our need need for hope, really, in this really hurting and broken world. What do you think is the biggest issue facing our society today? And that is just an opinion question. There are so many issues that you're right. Like how do you say that one is worse than the other because they all, they're all pretty bad. You know, there's a lot of, lot of things you could say, well, abortion or, or sexuality or identity, all of these things. Um, so I find it's, it's really hard to narrow in on like, this is the worst one that everyone needs to be focused on. Uh, instead, I think that the biggest thing really that is in inside of them all is the devaluation of truth that truth has been devalued in our society to the point that uh, now we we disagree on, you know, when does life begin? Well, we make our oh. own. I mean, it's like we're yes. in a culture that says, no, this is my truth. You there There is no my truth. There's the truth, right? <laughs> Precisely. And so I feel like in times past, as as Christians are sharing, sharing the truth of scripture, the truth of God's word. Um, we used to have to just defend these, these points, these truths, but now we almost have to start at the the beginning place that truth does exist, you know, that truth is, is real and it does exist. So it's just starting, starting there really with, with that truth is real, that truth is true, that God's word is true. Um, I feel like that devaluation of truth is one of the biggest things if we can really get back to what truth is, then a lot of the other issues would be easier to approach and they'd be easier to to shine a light on if we just got back to truth first. I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. You are so very young. <laughs> 
No, I don't mind. I am 22 years old, so I get that a lot. (laughs) I think people would be surprised to know. I mean, here you are giving great advice for uh, how we can encourage our teenagers, and you're like just barely out of out of that. You know how how does someone go from being in a youth group to having so much wisdom about uh, what we should be teaching in our youth groups? Well, really, I have to first give all glory to Jesus just for doing any work in my heart that he has done. Um, But really, I've had so much, uh, so much help from my parents, from mentors, uh, and really from an early age, God has just been encouraging me to seek him more, to seek out truth, to get into the word of God. So it's, it's, it's not really that I'm, I'm anyone special. It's just that God has been for many, many years, uh, been really encouraging me and challenging me in my walk with him, uh, leading me to just a deeper devotion to him and to his word. And so it's been a long process. Anything that I have learned along the way is just a result of his mercy. And so, um, really like it's, it's just all, all Jesus in me. And I know I still have a lot to learn. There is so much, I don't know so much. I'm, I'm growing in all the time, but uh, it's just all, all the mercy of Jesus. So I just have to give him all glory. 100%. If we have just one conversation with our teenager today, what should it be? I think that conversation should be on who God is on his character, on the the truth of of what G, who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for us um, by by dying and saving us. Uh, I think we so often start with conversations about who we are or what we should do or what is right or what is wrong instead of starting the conversation with who God is, because it really all goes back to him. It, it all goes back to to that we have such a good God, a sovereign God, a God who, who holds total truth. You know, Jesus said he is the way, the truth and the life. And so just starting that conversation with who God is and really helping teens understand, uh, the nature and the character of God. Um, instead, instead of starting always with who we are, I think we need to start a little bit more with the story of who he is instead. The book is called Stand Up, Stand Strong, A Call to Bold Faith in a Confused Culture. Sarah, thanks for talking with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a such joy and an honor. Connect to the book and Sarah's ministry when you check out our show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know Family Life offers a variety of podcasts? Get up to date with Family Life News, catch up with Family Life's Rise Up Morning Show, and then there's the Parable Podcast, bringing you hope and encouragement through the teaching of Jesus. They're all free and on demand at familylife.org slash podcast.